Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you once again from Northern Maryland on the beautiful Chesapeake Bay. I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Echo Huang, and she has quite a backstory. She's on the show because she's got some amazing expertise in the financial side of the entrepreneurial world, but her backstory is, you know, I always like to explore the, what, how, how people come to where they are. And it's just an amazing story. Anyway, she left China at the age of 20, crossed the ocean with nothing but $800 in the hope of achieving the American dream. Her courage and dedication fueled her journey through the business world over the next 20 years, gaining experience working in financial planning firms of all sizes before venturing off and starting her own firm. Today is the founder and president of Echo Wealth Management with multiple designations such as CFP, CPA, and Chartered Financial Analyst, which is CFA, <laughs> it's a lot of initials. Echo helps the country's top executives and entrepreneurs take the complexity out of their finances, giving them the confidence to follow their dreams and achieve their goals. Echo, how are you doing? I am doing very well, Jim. Thanks for coming on the program. And and I must say, um, you know, a lot of folks I interview say, well, you know, my dad had a business or something. But I mean, you, I mean, you came a a great distance from a faraway land, so to speak, to, um, to before you ventured into entrepreneurship. So fill us a, a little bit of your backstory. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I am excited to share my story here and um, quickly about my background, right? So I was extremely interested in learning about the outside world as I was growing up in China and uh, in rural villages. And my parents finally moved to a city called Shenzhen uh, that is on the border of Hong Kong inside mainland China when I was 12 years old. That completely changed my life path because Shenzhen right now, well, at that time was only a fishing village with 50,000 people. Mm. And right now, if you Google Shenzhen, uh, Shenzhen is one of the richest cities in China. It's also called the Silicon Valley in China. And I think the population may be 17 million people right now. And um, so- That's I, quite a shift. <laughs> I know. So I witnessed the transformation when I, as I, when I was a teenager in China, and, but I couldn't leave China easily. And uh, so I f- went to a school. I didn't go to senior high school. I went to a school of business and economics and obtained my accounting degree uh, when I was 17 years old and started working for the Bank of China. So it was a wonderful job as a 17-year-old, but uh, at the same time, I really wanted to see the world. So I was taking English classes at night uh, after work for three years. And one day opportunity came. Uh, My uncle was a visiting scholar in chemistry for University of Idaho in the little town, Moscow, Idaho. Wow. Yeah, so that's the only person I knew in the US and he remembered my childhood dream of 
traveling around the world. And he called me up one day and said, you know, if you really want to come here to get your degree, I could help you in, you know, at the beginning because his visa was only for good for two years. Mm-hmm. So I just quit my job and um, I started studying for the exam. And nine months later, I was lucky enough to obtain uh, the full-time student visa to come to the U.S. to study finance. So that's part of the journey, how I ended up in the U.S. So how did you, so did you just like numbers? Did you think that was a good paying um, job to go after? I mean, what attracted you to numbers and, and financing? I was always good with uh, numbers uh, from the beginning. I was the first born child in my family and I have two younger sisters. I always wanted to be independent, uh, make my own money. Uh, so my parents as uh, high, school, high school teachers don't have to bear the burden of paying for three children, uh, you know, college and everything. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to become a business owner as well. And uh, so finance world was just something I wanted to learn more. And um, I think coming to the U.S. studying finance was really helpful. And I transferred to uh, Winona State University in Minnesota because I received a scholarship to pay resident tuition as a foreign student. So I was able to save several thousand dollars tuition per year, which means of course, meant a lot for me in the early yes. 90s. Yeah, and then I, uh, I changed my major from finance to accounting, and I was able to find a nice, good job to stay in the U.S. And uh, you probably have heard of this precious uh, work visa, H-1B visa. I was able to obtain that visa to work for uh, West Publishing Company, and then later KPMG, Pete Marwick, uh, one of the largest CPA firms in the world in downtown Minneapolis. So that's how I started in the started in private accounting and then moved to public accounting. I became a senior tax specialist for KPMG and mainly helping corporate executives and uh, wealthy families with their tax plannings, financial planning, and also prepare their tax returns as well. So I was... Um, I worked uh, three tax seasons and then realized that I enjoyed the financial planning part of my work a lot more than tax season. <laughs> so, so you could imagine, I was like, oh my God, tax season. I, I can't imagine myself doing that for the rest of my life. And uh, thank goodness I was able to make that decision and say in 2000, um, I changed my career from being a tax CPA uh, to be a financial advisor. I think as I look back uh, in the past 20 years, that was probably the most important decision of my life because um, from there, I was able to work for a large firm for three years as a financial advisor. And then I started my own business the first time with uh, LPL Financial in 2003. And so first time when I became business owner, I was 32 years old. And uh, certainly as a triple minority, Myself, I see myself as a what Asian woman, new immigrant, mm. trying to make it in personal wealth management, which is already a very highly male-dominated industry and extremely competitive. So uh, as I look back, I was thinking, wow, I am very pleased that not only I survived this uh, transition, I think I have thrived 
because over time I merged my firm with another small firm and I was there for 10 years as a partner. And then five years ago, I decided to start my own firm, Echo Wealth Management, as an independent uh, RIA. So I, I can be very objective in how I want to run my business. And I choose to focus on entrepreneurs and executives in my business right now. So my team um, and I serve, uh, I think, about 82 clients, and we manage more than $150 million at this moment. Wow. What, so, I mean, it seems like uh, every time you get to a certain level or a, or a peak, so to speak, you said, eh, not, not another mountain to climb, right? <laughs> you, I mean, is that part of your upbringing? Like, was that just, you're just, you're, because a lot of people, once they will take a risk and then they grow a business, they kind of, let's just ride this out. But it's almost like, well, it's like you get bored or something. Maybe that's part of uh, being an entrepreneur, right? Um, I yes. think being an entrepreneur, I constantly need a balance between having another great idea and at the same time, I need to finish current idea. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think entrepreneurs are built that way because um, that's why I think I understand successful entrepreneurs very well when I help them because I personally experience that. Because when you work, uh, when you are passionate about a business idea, you want to make it happen. You want to see the success quickly. And of course, the fine balance is you do need to surround yourself with the right people to make sure <laughs> you don't come up with a brand new idea every single week. And, you know, you have to finish what you currently have and still need to monitor the, you know, right. the success uh, of your current idea. So five years ago, you started um, Echo Wealth Management? Yes, I, um, I think it was a really good decision uh, as I reflect back because, uh, you know, in any businesses, when you have different uh, business partners and some partners retire, retired and then their new partners come in, sometimes, uh, you know, when I felt I wasn't able to make a meaningful impact going forward with different type of business partners who are buying into a business, um, it was better for me to separate and then go a different way. But so as I look back, I think that was a good decision for me to start a new firm by myself and grow within right now, looking forward and want to do it the way I want to do it. Oh, good for you. So do you enjoy working with entrepreneurs or, you know, CEOs of larger corporations? Like, because they're kind of two different animals. Interesting enough, I have worked with both uh, because okay. my journey in the 90s when I was senior uh, tax specialist, most of my clients at that time were corporate executives with uh, Fortune 500 companies. So they have a complex compensation structure. So I was definitely an expert in deferred compensation, stock options, restricted stock. And also I served extremely wealthy families who already make money. Mm -hmm. So in my early 20s, I already worked with two group of people and I, I understand they're different. And also in the past 20 years, when I became a business owner, I noticed that they all have very complex financial life. That is the common, you know, a, a common uh, trade right now as I look at them. So for a corporate executive in general, they are extremely busy and 
spending time trying to decide when to exercise stock option, that's not someone who wants to do, mm -hmm. right? They travel, as you could imagine. They live very busy lives. And entrepreneurs are always busy with new ideas, managing people as well. So even though there are differences, but I still think that the corporate executive in general, they grow their wealth um, more like slowly over time because with the company benefit. And well, what, it, yeah. yeah, see if you agree with this. One of the things, one of the differences I see is that a corporate executive who, you know, whether he's paid every other week or monthly, guaranteed salary and benefits mm -hmm. and paid time off, stock options. So he's yeah. there. He's trying to manage, um, you know, how to how to increase his wealth and and probably retirement security. It seems to me a lot of those small business owners that that I know and you know over long time, they're driven by sales. <laughs> how do I add more? You know, how do I generate a larger business? And I think some so many people are so someday I can retire or sell the business or something like that. Yeah. And from the personal wealth perspective, um, I always tell them entrepreneurs, you have the business life, but you, you know, business financial planning part of it, you know, need to be managed well. But the personal wealth part is where I can share their burden because they are extremely busy focusing on one thing just to make profit from the business, right? Obviously cash right. flow, you know, increasing sales, making profit is their, you know, top priority. But then if they don't pay attention to the personal wealth side, they may not have maximized um, the opportunities to build personal wealth. And the reason why, I, as I look at this complexity is most people do not have the time and expertise to review the business succession plan, the insurance needs on the personal side. Of course, there are a lot of insurance they need to buy for the business, right? But for right. the personal side, they still need to do estate planning. The personal side, the trust, will, health directive, financial power attorney, and CPA, you know, they need to have a really solid CPA to help them as well. So I want to assemble a financial dream team to help these busy entrepreneurs because they, if I am the financial quarterback, I already assemble the team and I understand their personal goals. I can help them develop plans that address their personal cash flow, tax strategies, their retirement goals, and of course, all kind of risk management area using the right type of insurance as well. So I can be the quarterback to bring expertise to the table and make their financial life less complicated. So I think my message is to tell people that wealth management can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Right. If, if you have the trusted, competent, seasoned wealth manager helping you who can use cutting, tech, uh, cutting edge technology then their life is not as complicated, then they can make better decisions. You know, it's interesting that a lot of financial planners and analysts and things like that, they're not CPAs. It's kind of like you have that double pedigree, so to speak. And um, I think a lot of small business owners feel they need a good CPA before they need a, um, you know, a financial advisor. Is that, is that, I would think that'd be a benefit, a benefit for you. It's like another, it's an easier door to go into. 
Absolutely. And I think as I look back, why I was able to, you know, succeed um, as a new immigrant woman in this industry, I think I did a few really, a few things extremely well initially, because because of my background as CPA, I pay attention to cash flow. I, I know business owners understand cash inflow, outflow, and profit. So what I do is I help them prepare personal financial plans. I also use software that is cash flow driven financial planning software, because if you can show them detailed cash flow report for the next five to 10 years, people actually remember, and then they have more confidence in this plan you prepare for them and they understand it. But if I start talking about the abstract concept of probability of success, rate of return, standard deviation in the investment world, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs just lose focus. So I feel like it's easier if I actually speak in their language and also letting them know that even though I no longer prepare their tax returns right now, I understand what kind of strategies can be very beneficial for them. And then when I speak to their CPAs, I speak in their language that really help everything run smoothly so that they can kind of say, you know, Echo, I understand you can talk to my CPAs and then, you know, I don't have to worry as much, right, during tax season and also ongoing planning. So I, I see that as a, another reason when I built my company, I want to emphasize on my primary um, focus is um, entrepreneurs and also executives, because those are the two areas where I believe I add most value. And also because the tools I have developed over the years to track every single stock option and also be able to illustrate cash flow all the way to age 95 using Echo Dashboard. That is the, oh, wow. uh, that is the technology tool I cannot live without because um, I've changed almost every single software tool five years ago except that one. Simply because uh, my executive clients are like, once they have their Echo Dashboard, husband and wife can get on their iPad or iPhone, they can see their entire financial picture that is accurate and they can see all the numbers pulling in from different accounts, um, 401k, deferred comp, stock option, uh, balance updated every night. So they can see, okay, yesterday I had a 5 million and you know, stock market crash for several weeks. How does it affect me? They can see it anytime, every single day. So. Um, I want to use the really good tool very well so that clients can see it and be on the same page all the time. Right. So we got about uh, eight, eight or nine minutes left. I want to ask you about your book. It's called Own Your Future, One Woman's Story of Immigration and Financial Freedom. And um, chapter five is a, is a title that kind of caught my eye, Financial Independence Day. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, sounds fun. <laughs> uh, ah, that's why I like to use the financial independence day instead of saying retirement planning. Okay. The reason for it is a lot of my clients can choose to retire. Some, they may not go with the regular timeline of retirement date. For many of the clients, it's more about following their dreams and when they can 
get to the financial independence day, that means work is optional and they can do what they love and follow their dreams. So for me, financial independence day is, it, it could be any age for different people. So it's a really good way for me to explain how I help different type of people to get to the financial independence day, then still enjoy their life for many, many years to come. So in this chapter, I talk about different stages of retirement stage, you know, the first 10 years and then the, so you can break it apart because we live to what, 90 and 95, talking yeah. to somebody, <laughs> talking to many clients who can retire any, you know, like 55. We have, you know, what do they do? That's 40 years. <laughs> I know. So, Jim, that's why I thought it's good for me to talk about using client scenarios to explain how people can maximize return in life by defining, you know, how they can manage that uh, when they get to, how to get to Financial Independence Day. And then after they get there, what do they do for the next 30 or 40 years? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, to, you know, at least maintain wealth, right? So don't run out of money and still enjoy life. Yeah. I want to ask you another one. See if I can squeeze in another question here. Because um, you have a chapter in the book, chapter 11, called, called Charitable Giving. What are some mm -hmm. of the mistakes people make when it comes to charitable donations? People don't understand that there are more ways to donate more tax efficiently. Instead of writing checks uh, to charities, if you have appreciated stock in a non-retirement account, Donating stock directly to charity give you better tax benefit because you don't sell the stock and pay taxes on the stock and then write a check. The mm. other one is simple concept is donor advice fund. I use donor advice fund very often for many clients because it's kind of like a light version of private foundation because you can start as minimum as $10,000 and the example is you can transfer the stock going into this account I open, you sell it without paying the taxes. And the good thing is I can reinvest the proceeds in other investment and grow for you. And you can choose when to donate money from this account to the charity in the future. So some of my clients start with 100,000, grow it to 200,000. Some people want to grow it to 500,000. So I just want people to know that writing checks is not the best way for a lot of people to help their favorite charities, especially if they have appreciated securities. Wow, that's so interesting. Are there any other, um, and it's, it's a complicated thing, I realize, and there's no you know, template one size fits all, but are there any other um, tips for small business owners how to put away for, save, and you know, grow a, a, a nice nest egg for retirement? I believe it's really important to, of course, during uh, this kind of difficult time to make sure you have enough reserve to get through a recession. That's number one. And the number two is if you don't have retirement company retirement plan, I hope you do. But if you don't, you must talk to a wealth manager or financial advisor who can help you put a place, put in some kind of 401k plan or profit sharing plan that you can put in a lot of money when you have a good year to maximize the deduction. And most importantly, just have 
uh, someone you can really count on who understand your business goals and your personal goals because someone who has the knowledge can bring different ideas and help you choose the right one. And then in terms of for my book, I certainly would love people to go on. It was released this month, the car hardcover, Own Your Future. You can go on Amazon and buy the book. And um, several chapters, I think, are very relevant to successful um, people, uh, corporate executive or entrepreneurs. And um, yeah, so I want people to connect with me, of course. Um, uh, go to my uh, website. Uh, my company website is Echo Wealth management.com and uh, my book website is uh, ownyourfuture.guru so guru is like g-u-r-u so ownyourfuture.guru and uh, you can con i would love to connect with you guys um all gals <laughs> <laughs> on my website because uh linkedin is where i'm most active and um, you can see all the handles on my website as well well, good. I know you're all over social media, Twitter and, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, I think you and I got connected on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. So when we're promoting uh, this interview, we can get tagged up and things like that. So, but what a, what a great interview. You've had quite a life so far. And I'd say so far, because you still look pretty young. <laughs> so you, <laughs> I, I wish you a lot of success. And, and um, do you think this, are you going to ride uh, this business, Echo Wealth Management? You're going to ride this for a while or are you going to, you're going to start something else. And I'm just sort of, <laughs> I'm just prying a little bit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. I personally enjoy what I do so much. Yes. And, um, and uh, a while ago, I thought, oh, I will wait to, until I am semi-retired, I will write a book. And then two years ago, I thought, oh, I enjoy what I do. I may never really retire. So maybe I should write a book right now. So that's why I think at this moment, I don't have another like a big idea. I'm gonna do something totally different. And at this moment, since this business is still relatively new, over five years, and I am focusing on finding the right talent to join my group. And I want to build this business to be something that will last beyond my financial career so that I could have a lot more younger people, especially women, to, to join my team. Well, that's wonderful. I wish you all the success. Thank you so much for being my special guest this week, Echo. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Jim. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Echo Huang. And she is the president and founder of Echo Wealth Management. And her book is called Own Your Future. I, of course, am Captain Jim, and connect with me at getjimpalmer.com or dreambiz, dreambizcoaching.com. But I think that's it until this time next week, another fantastic interview. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free dream business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.